in the hell are you guys laughing about? <laughs> what? <laughs> This is what you get for trying to record an episode with two brothers. You can't run, you can't hide. Take a walk on the weird side, it goes bump in the night. Take a walk on the weird side, you can't trust the living, you can't kill the dead, you can't stop the voices inside your head. You can't run, you can't hide. Take a walk on the weird side. Well, welcome back, Weirdos. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hannah. And I'm Taylor. And together we are Weird, Weird Side Podcast. Podcast. On today's episode, we have another special guest. You guys have heard him before. The man, the only, the legend, Mr. Whiskey over here. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. Today's episode, we will be discussing the Heisei series in the Godzilla franchise. But before we get into that topic, we'd like to give our usual shout outs and announcements. Sorry to everybody if you hear some in the background. Springtime is kicking my ass right now. So <laughs> my apologies if you hear that. I cannot help it. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> that is unacceptable. And what are allergies? Nobody has those. That's just a you thing. Somebody, somebody that's never experienced allergies would say that. I'm totally kidding. You know what? I've, I do not have allergies normally, but every year, so far I haven't had it yet, but every year I've had a sinus infection with pink eye. So I do know how sucky that is. Remember that first time that I got pink eye? Do you remember that story? Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Real quick, guys, before we go into our shout outs and announcements, the very first time I ever had pink eye. I knew what it was when I had it because typical, I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't open my eye and it felt gunky and gooey. And even though I've never had pink eye before, I knew clearly that's what it had to have been. I was on a beach trip with Mr. Williams, my husband over here. We were in a beach, a really nice beach house at Myrtle Beach, having a fun time in July. Wonderful beach trip. Woke up in the middle of the night to a gunky eye that would not open. So got up, tried to wash it out, looked at it and it looked awful came back in the bed and I said, Taylor? And he's like, yeah. I said, I think I have pink eye. Now, you would think under normal circumstances that if this is your boyfriend, they'd be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Come here. Let me cuddle you and take care of you. No, not this one. You know what he looked at me and said? He said, get the fuck away from me. And he rolled to the other side of the bed. And I thought he was going to actually go jump into the other bed in the room. But Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> so the first announcement that I wanted to talk about, this one is a fun one for the kiddos and even yourself if you're an animal lover, but the Radford Library is going to be having an outdoor petting zoo on July 15th in the children's garden. They're going to be having pigs, mini ponies, sheep, goats, ducks, bunnies, and more. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's also the week of my birthday, so... I think that's the perfect time to do something cool like that. Is, is that a hint for me to take you there? Possibly. Possibly. I might want to go pet some miniature ponies. Might need to check that out. But, yeah, if uh, any of you guys out there listening have little ones and you'd like to do something fun outdoors like that, I'm telling you, a lot of people like <clears throat> Taylor over here have been known from time to time to make fun of me for going to libraries on a regular basis. But I'm telling y'all, libraries are the shit. It's not just a place for book lovers and people who love to read like me. The library has all kinds of useful resources. They even have movie nights, 
fun stuff like this. I mean, it's more than just a place for readers. Libraries are the shit. Can you imagine if a library had a commercial? You know what I mean? No, please explain. You know, just like a commercial for like, do you like quiet? Do you like to read in silence? Do you like stuff that you'll never own but you want to rent it because you're cheap? Come down to the local library where you can find everything you need, sit in silence, and still feel bad about it. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I have yet to see a commercial advertising a library like that, but maybe we should look into making one. The second announcement that I wanted to let everybody know about, apparently in With County, a man named Carlos goes by the education man, is going door to door to offer educational resources for families. And you might think to yourself, well, that just sounds like an annoying Jehovah's Witness. But really, it's a good thing for the community. He is doing this on an internship, and he got approval from the police chief and town office. But the type of materials that he is going to be offering families, study guides and apps that help parents to help kids with new math and other subjects, books and apps and study guides that help children save time doing schoolwork in high school and test preparation throughout grade 1 through 12, including the Princeton Reviews ACT and SAT prep, leadership development program for teens, fun and educational kids learning system from babies until 12 years old to give them a head start in school and kids bible books for character building another announcement there is a free pet care clinic in pulaski on may 24th by the time that this episode is uploaded that day will already have passed but the reason why i mention it is because i have seen things like this around other towns and it's something i think that people are starting to regularly do but this free pet care clinic is for pets for owners who are at risk of being homeless or are homeless. They offer physical exams, vaccines, parasite control, pet supplies, and even human health care. The partners for this free pet care clinic are the Pulaski Animal Control and the New River Valley Health Department. The other announcement that I wanted to talk about, you've heard us talk about him in our last episode and the episode before that, but Mr. Randy Corbin unfortunately has passed away. He was the gentleman that we discussed, a couple of co-workers of mine. He was their family member and he was diagnosed with cancer and given just weeks left to live and he unfortunately did pass away. So please continue to keep that family in your prayers because more than anything, that is all that they're asking of people and I think that is a, a great way to support them. So please keep that family in your thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers from the weird side goes out to that family. Definitely. And as usual, we'd like to give our normal shout-outs to the people who have helped us get our podcast going. You've heard us give them shout-outs in every single episode, and we will continue to do so because without their help, we would definitely be struggling a lot more. The first shout-out we want to give to is Mr. Derek Nowlin of Steak and Sauce Podcast. Daddy! <laughs> Derek is... A very awesome individual. He was actually on one of our episodes, the first episode we recorded about conspiracy theories, just getting all together and discussing different viewpoints about different conspiracies. That one was a lot of fun. We even had whiskey on that one too, and conspiracies were not his thing at all, but I think he enjoyed himself on that episode as well. We just all had a good time. But Derek has his own podcast called Steak and Sauce, where he discusses real life issues and experiences with a comedic twist to them. It's a fun time. Go check him out. He is on YouTube. You can see them recording their episode, so you can get a visual with the audio. So be sure to check him out. And he also does comedy stand-up, and he is just awesome. Taylor and I attempted to go see him at one of his shows, but 
I think there was a switch up last minute and we ended up not being able to see him perform. But he was still there to support all his other friends who earned a comedy. And it was still a fun time. But I've also seen clips of Derek doing his stand-up shows and he is one funny guy. So be sure to check him out. We'll post the link to his YouTube channel in our description. Also, a shout out to my bestie Meredith who designed the logo for our podcast. She literally sent me a text message a little while ago. And she said, Hannah... I found a dead snake near my garden, and correct me if this is weird, I'm going to skin the snake and use the skin to line the spine of a journal. That's my Meredith. She is also very weird. She fits right in with our Weird Side family. Be sure to check out her artwork on Twitter. I'll post the link in description. And also a shout out to Logan Weekle for making his own design off of Meredith's design. His design is the one that we use for our uploads for our logo. And a shout out to my good friend Icarus Unholy for writing our theme song. It is awesome. And we may be biased saying that, but I just think it captures what our podcast is and our musical taste all into one. It was awesome. It is awesome. And he is a very talented musician. I will also post a link to his YouTube channel in the description. But getting into today's topic, Godzilla the Heisei series. On today's episode, we have Taylor and his brother Evan, aka Whiskey, who are Godzilla pros and experts. So they will be leading us into today's topic with their knowledge and love of the series. So without further ado, I'm going to give it to them. Dang right, I'm an expert on this. Uh, (laughs) We're back with part two to the series. We're doing the Heisei series, which started in 1985 and will end technically in 1995. But we're also going to throw in a twist at the end. It was actually 84. Oh. Pro my ass! <laughs> so, whenever it was redubbed and released to an American audience, mm-hmm. it was 1985. Oh, okay. Original Japanese release was 1984. 84! Is that why there's like a Godzilla 1984 and a Godzilla 1985, but they're the same film? Yeah, one's the Japanese version, one's the American version. Yeah, they got the uh, original actor... To voice over some lines for this one again. So that's why the, the discrepancy. Gotcha. I always wondered about that. Raymond Burr is his name. Raymond Burr was famous for playing Perry Mason, I believe. He was the guy that narrated the original Godzilla for American audiences because Americans are too stupid <laughs> to understand the movie. So they had him play a character named Steve Martin to literally narrate the movie. For American audiences to understand. Not the Steve Martin. No, not the Steve, Steve. He played a character named Steve Martin. Was it inspired by the Steve Martin? I don't think he was born yet. <laughs> or he was a kid, maybe. 85? I don't know how old Steve Steve Martin is. How old is <laughs> if y'all can see the looks right now that Taylor's getting. <laughs> well, I really don't know how old Steve Martin is. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> I, I think he was alive in 1984. Really? Yeah. No. The original Godzilla. Oh. <laughs> 19- okay. You don't even know what we're talking about. My bad. My bad. All righty. Evan, why don't you take this one away first? Absolutely. So I think the story behind this movie being created is fascinating. Fascinating. And in a way, and we'll get to that surprise a little later, it foreshadows what ends up happening later on. So this movie gets its start from actually two Americans. Hmm. So director Steve Miner, who is famous for directing Friday the 13th Part 2... Ooh. And writer Fred Decker, who did Night of the Creeps and... Monster Squad. Monster Squad. I love Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. They come together. And they go, you know, it's been 
nine or ten years since Godzilla movie. Let's make a 3D Godzilla horror movie and send it out. So they go to Toho to have talks, actually get the rights to make the movie. Which is really impressive, I must <laughs> say, because I know Hannah doesn't know this. Toho is so hard to get licenses. They have been so protective over Godzilla over the years. Well, we were Ridiculously seeing... protective. Yeah, I mean, even in Brandon's reviews, remember he had to constantly put writing over the clip that just seconds of clips from mm-hmm. Toho because um, they'd copyright it. I learned this from Monster Island Buddies on YouTube. Go check him out. He's amazing. Do you remember the Subway commercial? Like early 2000s, $5. $5 foot long. Do you remember there was like a Godzilla parody in that? Toho had that taken down because they said it was infringing and they won. So Subway had to take that out. <laughs> They're that possessive over Godzilla. That's almost as bad as Lars from Metallica with Napster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really want to know what movie they pitched for them to agree. I bet it was good. <laughs> like I re- Dude, you ever watch Night of the Creeps? I'm not, actually. Good movie. Ooh, really good movie. It's it. one of Hannah's favorites. Monster Squad is good. And, of course, Friday the 13th. I mean, everybody knows Friday the 13th. Can you imagine if they directed a Godzilla movie? Maybe they should have been the ones that directed the 90 and 98 version. <laughs> they, they should have. Uh, so they get the rights. They come back to America and they start shopping the movie around. So while they're shopping the movie around, it was a selective group of Japanese were like, no, you can't have Americans make our movie. That's It's our culture. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? So I was like, okay, we'll make a Japanese one to like, satisfy. Come to think of it, they must have did that again. Future shadowing again because 2014, and then immediately after 2016, Shin Godzilla came out. So <laughs> they did it again. So Toho begins production, and unfortunately, none of the American studios bit. They had no interest in making a 3D Godzilla. Couldn't get the movie greenlit. No budget. Wow. So that movie falls through, and we get Godzilla 1984. Which actually did come out in American theaters. Oh. The last movie that had come out in American theaters was Godzilla vs. Megalon, which gave Godzilla a bad rep when it came to Godzilla movies. Yeah, and I, I, just could, I think one of my favorite things about this movie is after the almost 10-year hiatus, they come back, Godzilla's dark. I was really surprised they did that. Like, they were like, because near the end of the show series, they kind of made him like a goofball. And they never did it again. They kept him to his roots. They kept him dark. They kept him all this. The only continuity in the Heisei era is this movie is a sequel to the original. Like, it follows right after that. So, it's not the same Godzilla. I didn't know that. It's not the same one. It's another one. And I'm going to be honest with you. He looks kind of weird in this movie. Like, he doesn't look good. You know, they haven't quite figured it out yet. He doesn't fight another monster, which is a little unfortunate because I know most people are looking forward to that. But the original didn't have that. So notable things in this movie. There's a weapon that the Japanese come up, which I'm glad that they spiced it up a little bit when it came to fighting Godzilla. Because they usually just did tanks, planes. And after a while, I mean, that gets pretty boring. They come up with this weapon called the Super X, which is like a giant flying, how would you describe it? Almost like a hovercraft. Hovercraft? Hovercraft, yeah. And it actually manages. The Super X in this movie... Well, first of all, you want to walk us through the plot of the movie? Yeah, I can. So, like the original, it starts with everything in the first Godzilla is still canon. So that Godzilla dies. Essentially, 30 years goes by. No signs of Godzilla. And they sort of do a callback where a ship goes missing. Turns out another Godzilla's been created. And this time... And what I really love about this movie 
is, and actually this is every time they make a standalone Godzilla, Japan does, they always update it to what's going on in the culture and what's going on. So it's it's almost like a timestamp of what's going on. So in the first Godzilla, you see almost pre-World War II Japan. Like the buildings look old, kind of old style. In this one, you can tell that Japan has become like an economic powerhouse. You have big steel buildings. You have to ramp up Godzilla's size because the cities are much larger. And then I also like how in the original, you know, you have the, all the stuff about like, the nuclear weapons. And in this one, it's still sort of about that. But it's about what does an economic power do when you're caught in between the USA and Russia? This movie was filmed during the Cold War, so thought that in there. You see that, and then you have like in this one, you kind of like their technological advancements, like they make Super X. Like you can just tell how far in 30 years the nation has evolved. Yeah, it's like almost a totally different. Yeah. So Godzilla shows up, starts going on a rampage. They come up with the Super X, which is like a hovercraft thingy they do bring the character steve martin back and it is played by raymond burr and he gets mad props for this movie because a lot of people weren't taking this movie seriously he took it very seriously gave it a lot of respect and was like took treated it like it was again like a natural disaster which i really appreciate of him godzilla goes on a rampage they actually launch the super x and the super x shoots missiles into godzilla's mouth i don't know what's in them i can't remember but it actually kills him straight up takes him out and it almost kills him yeah it does because i mean it pretty like it hit hit they shoot him in the mouth and he falls over on the building and is like pretty much on death's door and a nuclear storm shows up and lightning strikes godzilla brings him back to life and he beats Super X, and he uh, goes on a little bit more rampage, and then they end the movie by sealing him in a volcano, which is pretty metal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. Yeah, one more thing I just wanted to add. This series is special when compared to all the other ones, because it's the only one that has a through storyline. Yeah. Oh, there's no, there's no, oh, let's just reset. Oh, let's just reset. I think that the series have a much bigger punch because everything's connected. You get to build storyline, build character, instead of just starting fresh every time. Now, I, I agree with that because a lot of people love the Heisei series. I don't know a lot of people have anything bad to say about it. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I really wouldn't say there's any technically bad movies in the series. This one's probably the lowest for me on the scale. That's just my opinion. The only things that are really weird about this movie is, number one, there's a really weird tie-in with the movie with Dr. Pepper. And I have no idea why Dr. Pepper, like, hopped on this train and went, you know what? You know what this... You know, probably. You know what this movie needs? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> like, like that's weird to me. There's a scene where, like, Godzilla's, like, destroying all this stuff, and it's, like, really sad because he's killing all these people. And there's just a dude in the background <laughs> while they're, like, super sad, like, staring at the screen, watching all these people burn and get crushed. And there's just a dude sitting in the background literally just drinking a Dr. Pepper <laughs> while he's watching all this go down. And it's, like, that is so out of place like, like you're gonna be drinking a dr pepper when you're dying i mean no like he's not drinking like it's like a it's like a, <laughs> it's, a, a, a dr. Dr. Pepper. it's like a it's like a, a high-ranking military official that's watching it on a screen that's watching all these people die and he's just sitting there just like watching the screen watching all these people die sipping a dr pepper like it was so weird that's so dr evil i, I can't judge I'm pretty sure if I thought the world was ending, I'd be like, well, I'll I mean, take one last yeah. drink. <laughs> a lot of critics thought this movie was supposed to be a comedy, and I have no idea why they would think that. Like, I don't know. 
But like they straight up, there was a, there was a, I don't remember the critic, but the critic was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the jokes. It's not a joke. It's like, it's, it's a, supposed to be a serious movie. I mean, it's got, it's got a little movie, so take it with a grain of salt, but it was legitimately like, everybody thought it was a comedy. Did people think that because of the budget? Or? I think people thought that because of the rep, the rep that Godzilla movies had then and still do today. Like they're like, oh, it's a comedy. No, it's not. But if you look at Godzilla Veglog, you could make the argument that that's comedy. <laughs> like you really could. All it makes me think of is when I went to see Deadpool mm-hmm. in the theaters, and I sat down, and this mom brought her like two seven or eight year old kids with her, and I was like. <laughs> Okay. Dude, same, but it was Sausage Party. When I went to see the Sausage Party in the movie theaters, and somebody brought their like little kids to see the movie, and I'm like, you obviously didn't read what this movie's supposed to be. <laughs> they left within the first ten minutes, by the way. Uh, <laughs> overall, what do you, what would you give this movie? I, I, this isn't my least favorite in the series. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I'll, I'll tell you my actual okay. least favorite. Um, get it's it. my second to least favorite, but that this number one. For, but I don't think it's bad. bad. It's just the other movies are so, so much good. better. All right, so we're gonna move on to the from what a lot of people say is an underrated movie. It is Godzilla versus Biolante. I've actually seen this one. Biolante. Godzilla versus Biolante was actually you know what Toho like dude, movie theaters just need to make movies like this. You know why? Don't feel like writing a movie. Have the fans do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, nobody's disappointed, and if it tanks, you could be like, well, we didn't write it. Toho actually held a contest and said, send in your ideas for a Godzilla movie, and the winner, Rough Draft, was turned into the script, and Godzilla vs. Biollante was born. This movie takes place five years after the 1984 or five. Takes place right back up. After Godzilla's rampage, they found all these cells laying around, and they start take, picking them up, and they start using them for other things. And for some reason, they decide to use Godzilla cells for agriculture to make food for a fake country called Sakura something something. I don't remember what it's called. There's some kind of super wheat. And they decide to start doing it. This one scientist who lost his daughter to terrorism decided, for shits and giggles, to take Godzilla cells and gene splice them with a rose and the dead cells of his daughter. Well, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> no, it, it goes exactly how you think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Little Shop of Horrors really comes to life in this movie because Biolante is born. Violante is half Godzilla, half Rose, half dead girl spirit. <laughs> and she is one of the most unique monsters. And it is a she. It is a she. I do have to say that. Great point. I just, I gotta point out, you can't have three halves. It's called a third. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. True. Sorry. Mr. Sorry, Man. everybody. Sorry. She has two forms. One is a giant rose with pretty much piranha teeth in it. And the second form is Godzilla Crocodile some kind of, I, 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 how could you describe her final form? Imagine if an alligator Godzilla and a Venus flytrap yes <laughs> all got hodgepodge together <laughs> this also movie also shows you don't really need a lot of CGI because Biolante was not brought to life with a lot of CGI yes she was actually brought to life with puppetry well, obviously, suitmation for, you know, her, her big body. But her Venus flytrap arm leg things, 
are brought to life with puppeteers. I don't remember how many people. I, th- I remember reading a review, and it was like a team of 40 people <laughs> working together to get Biolante to come to life. Yeah, it's worth a Google, or just, I think it's on Twitter, too. But just, oh, it is? Okay. like, the backstage production oh. for Biolante. And literally, there's, like, probably 20 people all in a line with, like, cables pulling. It is oh, unbelievable. Hands pulling it up. Hands pulling it up. <laughs> They don't, don't. I don't think they'll ever be a puppet like that again. Well, I know King Ghidorah and Mothra were really complex too, but I think Biollante takes the cake for probably the most complicated. Well, I think now you know if they were going to do that kind of practical effect, it would all be done with like robotics, or mm-hmm. like you're just never going to get no. twenty people in a hot steel building all pulling cables <laughs> and wires. <laughs> Plot of the movie: Godzilla shows up again. So what's going on in Rampage? I just want to add. Oh, go ahead. When Godzilla enters this movie. <laughs> oh, it's badass. Oh, I remember. He comes out of the volcano. After five <laughs> years in the volcano. And it's like erupting. And he just comes out and it hits that. Do you know what my first thought of when I first saw that scene? You know what I was thinking? He was literally like looking at the screen. And he was like, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> Fights Biolante in her rose form. Literally beats her in like one move. And then, end of the movie, Biolante comes back down because she turned into spores and fly. Because what else can't she do? Comes back in her, I'm going to call it her crocodile form because I have no other words for it. I call it the battle form. The battle form. And her and Godzilla have a pretty good fight. I think it's really good. She like impales his hand. She shoots radioactive sap. Even Ooh, though, even it, it's sap. I thought, I thought it was acid, acid too. It's sap, which is really weird. Hedora's is better. <laughs> Godzilla just kind of beats her, but she, he doesn't really beat her because Violante apparently is immortal and cannot die for reasons I'm not really sure. And they try to take Godzilla down with some like some kind of weapon, and it kind of works, then it kind of doesn't. Nobody really cares. It's uh, Super X two. No, well, I, well, that movie is well. I, you're right. The Super X2 is in the movie, <laughs> and there is one trend in the Godzilla series of them saying, especially in the Heisei series, of them saying, we have improved this way better, and the improvement sucks. <laughs> like, the first Super X, like, almost killed Godzilla. Like, it had him on the verge of death, and then the second one shows up, which is supposed to be an improvement, and it can literally, like, reflect his heat ray back at him, and it literally gets beat in, like, two minutes. Godzilla doesn't even sweat it. I just wanted to add, this was the, this in 1985, were the only two movies in this series that got a VHS release. You have a VHS copy, right? I, I don't. I thought you did. Uh, wait, uh, Biolante, yes I do. Yes I, I do. Thought. Yeah, this was the last one that was going to come out in America, and for the rest of the Heisei series, they would be unknown to the American audiences for early 2000s? I don't think they were released. As far as like a, a DVD copy. Oh, DVD copies. Okay. They were never released on VHS. Yeah. Um, so you did have a DVD then. It was DVD? I have a VHS copy. You do? And I also have a DVD copy. Because I was going to say, I knew you. Because nerds, right? <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, even though this was the only one that was on VHS, I still saw this one last of the Heisei. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cool. We, got, we actually rented it from Blockbuster. Oh, I miss Blockbuster. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's cool. I think it was like only three times I ever went to Blockbuster oh. in Christiansburg. And I was oh, like, that's crazy. Because I, I wanted to say on the front, it had a picture of Biolante, the flower. Is it your screensaver picture? No. It's not that it one. It might be that one. It might be that one. Where was but, there a Blockbuster in 
Christian There was a Blockbuster in Christiansburg. Where? When we were kids. Where Firehouse Subs is now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so I was, like, walking through the aisle, and I was like, what? What? God's love That's cool. Overall, what, what would you get this one? Oh, this one is so hard. It's hard. I think it's good. For me, they say, like, there's one that sort of stands out above them, mm-hmm. and then there's one that probably isn't actually better than Biolante, but I just like it more because of the mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And then I have so okay. it's my th- No, we don't have to rate them because they're also good. I'm just like, what, what would you get this movie? Like, uh, like out of the series, like what would you get it? Probably an eight out of ten. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Moving on to the next movie. I actually had something. Yeah. So it was really funny. <laughs> so after Violante comes out, they got their like results back, and they were a little lower at the box office yeah. than Toho wanted. And they said, "I know what went wrong." They released the movie around the same time that Back to the Future Part 2. Ah, uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, all we need is a little time travel. <laughs> <laughs> and are we going to have the best movie ever? Adding on to that, it did perform not as well as they thought it was going to. And you know what also they blamed it on? Well, Biolante is just original monster. We gotta have like an iconic one. Which one should we bring back? And bring the brilliant people there. They're like, let's bring King Ghidorah back. And that's what the next one is. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. So this one, like you were saying, Back to the Future has a really strong influence on this movie. And it really shows. Like really shows. But you also know another movie that had influence on it? Terminator 2. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Or Terminator 1. I don't remember. It's one of the Terminators. It's probably Terminator. Because of the android. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. yep. You see it? <laughs> you see it? Uh, you want to do the plot on this one? Yeah. So, guess what? Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Not aliens. They're time travelers. They're time travelers. Well, uh, well, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. So, basically, Godzilla's humpfrumping around, making life in Japan miserable. So, some... Time traveler slash aliens are like, hey, we can like totally fix this. Let's just go back in time. And so they sort of change Godzilla's origins. Uh, uh, like a little bit. There's this dinosaur called the Gore, not Gorosaurus, Godzillasaurus. Godzillasaurus. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I thought they called it in the movie Godzillasaurus. <laughs> so basically, this Godzillasaurus saves some Japanese soldiers from American soldiers. Mm-hmm. One specific guy. Yeah, one specific, one specific guy, guy like saves his life and is like and dedicates like his whole like lives his whole life in debt to the Godzilla source because it saved him from American soldiers in World War Two. So we also got a lot of flack for that scene because <laughs> they thought it was nationalistic that the dinosaur attacked the Americans and didn't attack the Japanese. But whatever. There's also a really funny scene in this movie. I know what you're going with. <laughs> where like alien time drive ship shoots over this American battleship. And, like, the commander comes out and he's like, well, that was strange. Major Spielberg? Maybe you should tell your kid about it. <laughs> <laughs> they were, like, trying to explain how that was his dad. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, they were like, Major Spielberg? And, like, oh that's, how, that's how Spielberg came up with E.T. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. But, anyway. So, alien time travelers were like, hey, all we gotta do is move this Godzilla source off this island before it gets hit by a nuke. And there'll be no Godzilla. And again, I guess I didn't watch any of the previous Godzilla movies. When the aliens show up, it's not good. So, so they remove Godzilla's source, but they don't tell them. They leave these three little creatures behind. Doraxes. Dorax. 
Toraxes. That sounds like an insult to somebody. Toraxes. Like they, they, like they, like have, they're like house pets in the future, and they like just leave them behind on the island. So then, pretty much, they come back into the present, and good news, no Godzilla. Problem solved. Unfortunately, the Dorax mutated into King Ghidorah, and now King Ghidorah is flying around destroying everything. Mm. Plot twist: the time travelers are <gasps> dun 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 evil. <laughs> apparently, they hate Japan in the future because Japan has apparently become the number one superpower in the future, and they mind control Ghidorah to pretty much destroy Japan. Before it becomes a superpower. So Japan's sitting there and it's like, well, darn it. Now we don't have Godzilla. Whatever we're here, we gonna do. Now, the time travelers removed Godzilla's body off the island. And you'd think that they would just destroy it, eviscerate it, put, take it in the future. Do they do any of those things? No, they don't. The time travelers put Godzilla's body at the bottom of the ocean. They're like... Nobody can get to it now. He lives in the ocean, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's not Godzilla. He's not Godzilla yet. The atom bomb has to go off for him to become Godzilla, to mutate him. Gotcha. So they put him at the bottom of the ocean. They're like, ho, 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 ho. He'll never become Godzilla now. Yet somehow they somehow forgot that either the, was it the Americans or Japan literally dropped a, a, like a nuke went off in that exact same spot. It was like an American sub. Was it an American sub? An American nuclear sub literally blew up in the exact same spot. So what do you think happened? Godzilla! Godzilla's back, baby. So they're from the future. You'd think they know that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So Godzilla shows back up and he's bigger and badder before because apparently there's more nuclear energy in that explosion. Mm-hmm. Made him bigger and stronger. So now the future people are like, well, damn. And King Adora gets shit on. Well, kind of. So the future people are like, let's send King Adora to go kick his ass. And they have a pretty interesting fight. Fun fact, this is the first time you ever see Godzilla use his pulse attack. Oh. Yes, first time. Godzilla can not only shoot a radioactive beam out of his mouth, but he can also shoot a radioactive kind of like wave out of his body like a pulse. That can literally be used to just kind of blow stuff up. It's really used in the video games and in the anime on Netflix. He uses it. This is the first time he uses it on screen. He literally fries King Ghidorah. Right? So Japan's like, oh, darn. King Ghidorah's around. We really need Godzilla to come kill him. Well, then that happens. But then Godzilla starts destroying everything and they're like, huh. We really need King Ghidorah to come <laughs> And they just keep going back and forth like, man, we need another monster to come take out this one. So one of the Futurians, that's what they're called, legitimately, Futurians, goes back into the future, takes King Ghidorah's body with her to the future, and they repair him and make him Mecha King Ghidorah, which is awesome. <laughs> I just want you to know, so I actually watched all four of the, the, all these next Heisei movies in one night. What? Dude. It had been what, like 12 hours? Oh, I don't know. I, I was, I want to say I watched from like 6 p.m. to like 4 a.m. on a weekend. And that was like the only time I ever saw them on TV. Wow. So literally like my recollection of this was from one, I'll never forget. Because that movie was like average. Or from my old kid brain, I was like 7 or 8. It was like average up until Mecha King Adora came out. And my little brain... <laughs> <laughs> Almost fried itself. <laughs> you have a cool space dragon? How do you make it better? Make it a mecha giant space dragon. 
And so literally, like, I never saw that character again until the Game Boy, when I got my Game Boy Advance. The video games. And the final boss is him. And I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So the Futurians come, and they also have a cyborg. Um, I have to throw that back out there, because that's where the Terminator parts come out, because there's some really bad effects, but he's like, Evil in the beginning, that it's not. It's stupid. Mecha King Ghidorah shows up. And is like, I'm here now, Godzilla. You're going to be my bitch. And they have a pretty good fight. Unfortunately, Mecha King Ghidorah loses. But before they lose, Mecha King Ghidorah picks up Godzilla and is flying him out to sea and drops him. They Like, Godzilla and Mecha King Ghidorah fall into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. This is Patra. You're thinking about Patra. No, they both do it. Oh, they do? Yeah, they both do it. They fall into the ocean and they're like, well, the, we must have defeated him now. He fell into the ocean. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, he lives in the ocean. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> That's what he does. That's how the movie ends. A lot of people say this is the best one in the Heisei series. I don't know where I would put it. Uh, I'm a little biased on which one my favorite is, but that's just me. So I think this is a good one. What do you think? So this is, I haven't tied with Space Godzilla. Okay. Okay. The next movie in the series is Godzilla versus Mothra. Insert twin fairies. (laughs) Insert twin fairies. I think this one got one of the highest grossing, is the highest grossing Heisei movie. I think so. I think I read a report that this was the highest grossing one. Yeah, so fun fact, this one was actually supposed to be a standalone Mothra movie. Mm. That's what it was originally cast as. And then I think, kind of like, um, let's, let's see if we can't. Bless you. Are you done? Sorry, I'm Steve. Bless you. <laughs> and I think you can kind of tell because there's not a whole lot of Godzilla in this movie. It's mm. very Mothra-focused. Well, I think it because it did so well at the box office that they finally went ahead after this movie. It was like, yeah, we're going to do our own like Mothra standalone movies. And she got her own trilogy, and it was really good. <laughs> like, it was really good. Those are some really good movies. Can I point something out? I've noticed with Mothra, she puts up a good fight, but she almost, in every single battle, it seems like, always gets defeated. But she puts up a good fight. Am I thinking incorrectly, or am, am I correct? Well, actually, <laughs> in this movie, and I'm pretty sure this is the only movie, she does not die. Ironic, I said that. Does not die. Part of the movie. Honestly, I can't even remember. Godzilla's doing his thing. Do-do-do-do-do. Being Godzilla comes, comes back, they're like, oh, darn, he didn't die in the ocean, which you'd think he lives in it, so probably not, but uh, he's doing his thing, and Mothra larva show up, and uh, there's only one this time. Usually there's two, there's, there's only one, which is pretty different. I think it's the only time there ever really ever is one Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, the first one. Godzilla's doing his thing, and then... While While they're in the the ocean, ocean, this weird caterpillar evil Mothra larva just shows up. And is it a her? He? I believe it's a he. You think it's a he? I don't think it was ever really said in the movie what Batra is. I think he's a he, but his main point is he's supposed to save the planet from a meteor. He's kind of like the conscience of the Earth, kind of. He's like the Earth's savior. I don't know what he is. He's like, I'll save the world, but you don't deserve it. But well, he like he's he he, he saves the world, world not humanity. Yeah, humanity, humanity is not part of the world, so he doesn't give a shit about humans. Batra was released because Godzilla apparently is like upsetting the natural balance of the world and how that's working. So Batra shows up, looks like an evil Mothra. He's have you ever seen a picture of him? No. Look up a picture of Larva Batra. He 
or she, can shoot lasers out of its eyes and shoot a laser out of its horn. What the hell is this thing? Yeah, that's the, that's the larva. Hold the picture up. That's what Batcher looks like in its larva. A turd with a horn? It lo- it's pretty cool. Well, describing what I see here, it is a turd-colored organism with several spiky areas coming out of its body, red eyes, with a curvature at the top of its shoulders to head, and just one big long horn sticking at the top of its head. If it weren't for Evan and Taylor telling me what this was, I would have no idea what this is. But I can see the appeal it must have. This does look a little badass, albeit a little weird. That's what it looks like, it's full body. The full body picture looks like it's a three-toed claw that has a head where the ankle would be at, and then like a centipede scorpion tail. Very bizarre. Now look up the moth form. So Mothra is trying to get Batra to chill out, and Godzilla to chill out, can't do it. She's just kind of like the mediator of the movie. Like She's really the star, but she's like kind of the mediator. Most of the fighting is going on between Batra and Godzilla, and... Batra and humanity. Mothra lays an egg. Well, not lays an egg. Does a cocoon. Becomes normal Mothra. Batra does not lay a cocoon. He just transforms. He just comes out of water and just goes, you know what? I'm a moth now. You want to see what? Tell everybody what you think of the moth. The moth form is badass. So here, we get rid of the turd-like appearance. He looks more like a tiger dragon. Still has the horn. Red eyes, but he's got huge freaking wings that are black, red, and yellow outlined. It looks badass. I just wanted to be known, Batra is officially a member of Cobra Kai. <laughs> uh, Batra, other than the powers of being a moth, can also shoot lasers out of his eyes in the adult form, too. So, Batra fights guys a little bit more, kind of gets his dick kicked in, and Mothra shows up like, dude. What, what are you, are you doing? doing? We, we need, need to team up to beat him. And Batra's finally like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> so they team up to fight Godzilla. And it's a pretty good fight, especially where Batra picks up the Ferris wheel and literally drops it on Godzilla, which is a pretty cool scene. Whoever does the miniatures for this, these movies literally deserves his entire paycheck and more. Like, like the miniatures that they do in these movies are amazing. You know how much time it probably took them to make that Ferris wheel that they made? Uh, it was crazy. At the end of the movie, Batra and Mothra are flying Godzilla away and apparently going to drop him in the ocean just like the last movie. And Godzilla gets a mortal wound on Batra's neck. Literally bites him and Batra's like bleeding to death. And Mothra's like, just a little bit more and we can do it. And Batra's like, yeah, we can do it. And then Batra dies mid-flight. And Mothra just lets go. Just lets Godzilla and Batra fall into the ocean and just, that's it. And they're like, yep. Godzilla's defeated. A, a golden circle. I want to say there's something that happens once they fall. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. They add, a, they add an effect they after might it falls, like to make it at least be like maybe he is actually dead this time because Mothra did her magic, or, or something, something like, like that. that. But, but like literally, literally they're, they're like, like <laughs> they're, they're like, like Godzilla's dead this time. He fell into the ocean. And then Mothra flies up into space and stops the meteor. Yep, because there's a meteor coming there, and Mothra flies into the space. But is Batra who's supposed to do it? No, Batra's dead. But wasn't he supposed to be the one to do it? Yeah. Mothra promised Batra that she would do it if he didn't make it. This is also a kind of like a physical representation of Mothra getting so popular that she left the Godzilla series. Like, she wasn't even a part of it in the beginning. But, but then, then she, she joined, joined it, and she was, was kind of stuck there for a while, but then she, her popularity grew and grew and grew, and she literally flies away in the movie into space, and it's kind of like a 
physical representation of her leaving the series for a little bit. I just want you to remember, we've had Mothra fly into space, and then we've also had Biollante's DNA in space, because it's going to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Evan, what do you think of this movie? I love this movie. It's it's good. You know I'm partial to Mothra. Dude, 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 I love Batra. Batra's cool. Batra, too. It's just... Badger. It's a freaking caterpillar that shoots lasers <laughs> out of its horns and eyes. What do you think about Badger? I think that in his larva form, he looks like a spiky turd with a horn, but he looks badass in his moth form. But nobody can top my favorite kaiju, Hedora, from the show series. All right, we're going to take a break here real quick, and I think it's commercial time. I think it's product plug time. What do you think, Hannah? Product plug. Do you enjoy supporting local businesses? I know I do. Well, I do too, and I hope that you guys said yes to that as well. So without further ado, we would like to give a shout out to a few local businesses that we absolutely love. The first local business that we want to give a shout out to is Grace Upon Grace Creations. Y'all have heard me talk about this one in every single episode, and I will continue to do so because they make some awesome stuff, to put it in bland terms. Grace Upon Grace is an online boutique slash arts and crafts store, but really, I don't feel like that accurately does it justice. I mean, technically, that's the kind of products that they sell, but they make cute things that you just can't find in the stores. The leader of Grace Upon Grace, she is getting back into her car freshies and promoting those, and I have bought several car freshies from her, and they are awesome. They last a long time. There is a entire list of scents that you can pick from the list is like a five paragraph essay long and you can get the molds made to whatever you want and if they don't have the mold it's possible they might be able to get one for you but they have a lot of options to pick from so you can customize your own freshie and it's not just for the car you can use it for the laundry room you can use it for drawers you can use it for literally anything you want but it is awesome and well worth the money and speaking of they're only twelve dollars so if you need a new air freshener, check her stuff out because you will get a good quality freshener from her. She's also promoting her clothing line a little bit more. She has a lot of teas on there that you just can't find in the stores. And my favorite ones that I see are the ones that are just pertinent to life. Like ones that say soccer mom or football mom, wifey, things like that. I love it. Recently, she tried something different and she is now selling bodysuits for women. If you're anything like me, you love to eat, and unfortunately, that comes at a cost, and you have some curves in all the right places, and sometimes you need a little bit of help getting that tucked and squared away. I personally have not worn bodysuits, but I know a lot of women who do, and if you're getting one from Grace Upon Grace, I have faith that they'd be decent quality. So, make sure you give her a shout. I will post a link to her Facebook group in our description. The next local business that I want to give a shout out to is Sugar and Flower, TMI's favorite in Parisburg. Sugar and Flower is a coffee shop slash bakery, and they have all kinds of sweets and treats. They have a lot of flavored coffees, they have fraps, they have teas, you name it, they probably have it. Every week she makes new specials for her food, she does breakfast and lunches, but every week it's a different special. This week for breakfast, she has a ham, egg, and cheese sammy, which she calls it. And it's basically a breakfast sandwich. And I requested that Taylor take me tomorrow morning so that I can try one because it looked delicious. 
For her lunch special, she has a Santa Fe chicken salad that includes grilled chicken, black beans, corn, tomatoes, cheddar cheese, crunched tortilla strips, and chipotle dressing. Oh my god, I love chipotle. Chipotle's my Her sips of the month are the strawberry shortbread and the chocolate hazelnut cold brews. I have not tried the strawberry shortbread, but I have tried the chocolate hazelnut several times, and I love it. It is delicious. For the week of May 23rd through 26th, that is EMS week, and in honor of first responders, she is offering 15% off to all first responders for food and drink purchases, which I think is awesome. Sam is always looking out to support other local businesses, and she also just promotes members of the community, and I think that is awesome to be a local business owner and still doing that. So... If you're looking to treat yourself for a sweet and treat, check out Sugar and Flour in Parisburg. Highly guarantee you will most likely not be disappointed. But without further ado, we'll get back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, weirdos. We're back from that ad break. You know, just had to put on my Grace Upon Grace t-shirt and have my Sugar and Flour cup right here for me to... Sip on this salted caramel stuff. You Your know. favorite. We're going to get back to the rest of the movies. Next movie in the series is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, which is ironically the third installment <laughs> in the Godzilla vs. Megalon. Like, um, you want to do this one? Because I want to do the next one. Okay, I can. Okay. Also, does someone in this movie get snubbed? Really hard. <laughs> we'll get to him, but uh, I, I hate to go back, <laughs> but I just remembered something that I meant to say earlier in the podcast, and I hate to do it now. But uh, something we should have talked about that we didn't talk about in the King Ghidorah review. Bruno, no. Do you remember in the King Ghidorah movie when Godzilla's walking around and he walks up to that building and the guy who Godzilla saved all those years later? Remember me telling you about that? The guy that Godzilla saved in World War II. The Godzilla-saurus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same Godzilla, same dude, 30 years later. And, like, <laughs> and he's, like, standing in, like, this giant building, like, standing, like, eye to eye with Godzilla. And he's, like, Godzilla's my friend. He knows me. He respects me. And he, like, he's having this, like, really emotional scene. And he's, like, crying. And he's, like, yes, it's, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. It's, it's me. And Godzilla literally just like stares at him and roars and then fucking blasts. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that is that is the Savage. most douchest thing ever. <laughs> I'll show you that scene later. I just remember that scene. Go, go ahead, what you were doing. I'm sorry. So this movie, someone gets snubbed really hard. Snubbed? Yeah. Like he's in the movie, but he doesn't make it on the title. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty much, this movie kind of starts off with a storm, and an egg gets washed. Oh, also, suddenly, we probably should have brought this up earlier. <laughs> it's going to start becoming really relevant soon, because they had a cast that they could carry through movies. They have psychics now, and that becomes apparent, because they get this egg, and they're like, oh, what is going on? This is so cool. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> No, that's cool. It, it it's, is cool. It's cool. But we'll get to it. So, Rodan's in this movie. His name is Fire Rodan. Ooh. He's really tiny in this movie for some reason. Like, they really, like, dropped his scale down. So Godzilla 
and Rodan. Go figure. Don't get along very well. <laughs> so they spend the beginning part of the movie not being friends. But the scientists in this movie take the future technology from Mecha King Ghidorah. And they're like, okay, we've tried getting other monsters to do our work for us. How about... We create our own. <laughs> With the future technology. Future technology. That we somehow dropped in the ocean and received. <laughs> so they build Mechagodzilla. So the beginning is pretty much just, they're working on building Mechagodzilla. Godzilla and Rodan are being Godzilla and Rodan. And psychics are working on the egg. And it catches into Baby Godzilla. Minya returns. But he's not a douche in this movie. Like he's, not, he's actually not that bad. He's actually like a little cute almost. Yeah. What's up with Godzilla having cute kids? Like he's he's ugly as shit, but like his kids are super cute. Is Godzilla asexual or He is, he can rip So I always thought for the longest time that he could just reproduce. Like I just thought he was like asexual. I was wrong. Godzilla did not give birth. Well, I don't know about this movie, if he did or she did. But in the original, you know, Minya, like the ugly one that I told you about in Revenge. Yeah. Um, he is not Godzilla's biological child. Like, he just exists. Like, he was just born. There's no reason to why he exists. There's just an egg. And Godzilla's like, you know what? I disagree. There is a reason he exists. What, what, what reason is that? push Godzilla on kids. I mean, yeah, but like, there's no, like, there, there's not an explanation. They don't need one. Uh, well, fair enough. And Godzilla just kind of adopts them. Kind of how, like, Bowser, his only legitimate child is Bowser Jr. And all the other Kooplings look like Bowser, but they're actually, they're not his biological children. They were, he adopted them. Same thing. I don't know if Minya in this series is his biological child. I'm not really sure. Is he? It's kind of implied he is. Because he's got this weird, like, also this weird relationship with Rodan, too. For reasons I'm not sure. Yeah, and then pretty much once he arrives, like, once he hatches, like, this, the psychic lady sort of forms this attachment with Junior. And you'll see that sort of take effect later in the series. But the climax of this movie is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and Rodan. And while I hate the design for this Mechagodzilla, he wins. You, you gotta explain, explain why. <laughs> it, it's really dumb. It's, I mean, it is dumb, but... Well, I mean, when you think about it, so they kind of introduce in this movie that Godzilla has two brains. He's so large that he needs multiple brains to be able to function. One in his brain, and then one that's like kind of in his hip one of his brains in his brain. You said one's in his brain. I literally didn't even catch it. I'm sorry. His, just, his just other said. brain is like in his hip-ish type area. Where his hips meet his tail yeah. is where it's at. They like build these hook launcher things out of Megalodon's arms specifically target his second brain. And they like shoot him basically into his butt. And they electrocute his second brain and kill him. Well, hold on. They, they tried the first time, and they almost do it, and Godzilla, like, sends the pulse back yeah. to Mechagodzilla, and it kind of fries him. But then they try it again, and it actually does kill him. And they're like, yeah! Now, I see what you're saying, where you don't like the design of this Mechagodzilla. If you want to look it up, you can see so you can have, like, a physical, like, what he looks like. He does not look evil like the other one did, but he's technically not. He's really smooth. He's very, like, sleek. I do like his abilities. He can do He can do a lot of cool things. And he does get a lot of respect from me because if you know, when we were kids, that last boss <laughs> destroy all monsters was fucking Mechagodzilla, and he was ruthless. 
He lived in my nightmares. Yeah, that's Rodan. That's what he looks like in the movie. Okay, I'm trying to find. So, do you want to know the nickname that I have for this Mechagodzilla? What? Corporate Mechagodzilla. Corporate Yeah, that's what he looks like. He's kind of sleek, right? Yeah. He's corporate Mechagodzilla. Yeah, he's corporate. corporate. Yeah. Like, the original Mechagodzilla had so much character and, like, intimidation. Well, he was evil. Yeah, but this one, like, he's so corporate. Yeah. Anyway. So, so Mech- Mechagodzilla, Mechagodzilla literally, literally kills Godzilla. Godzilla. Like, he, he, he does it. And Rodan, for some reason, kind of, like, feels bad. So he was Rodan trying to take on Mechagodzilla, and Mechagodzilla stomped him down. I don't even include him. You don't even count him as a fight. He wasn't even really a fight, because Rodan didn't even get any offense. I love Rodan, but he's so Rodan kind of sucks in this series. Like, he really doesn't do anything. Rodan kind of, like, lays on top of Godzilla and, like, transfers his soul into Godzilla somehow. I'm not really sure how he does it. And Godzilla just kind of gets back up. It's like, okay, I got a pterodactyl in me now. And he combines Rodan's ability to shoot fire with his and the red spiral beam was born. The strongest of the Godzilla blasts. It's red, and it literally pretty much one-shots anything it hits. Except for one kaiju. But this sort of, I think, is kind of what sets up, this power boost is kind of what sets up, I think, that, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So, Godzilla gets up, hits Mechagodzilla with the spiral death ray, literally one-shots him and beats him. This movie's good. I don't think it's as good as it could have been. I don't think it's the worst, but it's also, like, not the best. This is kind of in the middle. This is the worst of the Heisei series. In my opinion. In your opinion. That's fair. I can't. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's not, but it... I feel like every other Hazen movie has something that is better or more creative or just... I feel like he's probably the least most interesting of the Mechagodzillas. He's so cool. He's kind of boring. <laughs> like, comparatively, he's kind of boring. Yeah, but just, they made him cooler in the video games, though. Yeah, I did. Anyway, I'm doing this one because this is my favorite in the series. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Again, I just want to read it. And Godzilla, if it comes from space, it is evil. It is evil. <laughs> so in this movie, they're going to Monster Island. Humans are going to Monster Island to do some kind of telekinesis test to see if they can, like, mind control Godzilla. And it doesn't work. And, and uh, Junior's kind of grown up a little bit more in this movie. He is still absolutely adorable. Probably the cutest he ever is in the series in this movie. If you want to look up a picture, you can. He is adorable <laughs> so godzilla just kind of you know hanging around not really doing much all of a sudden the humans are like hey there's this weird thing going on in space there's like this weird thing it's moving at like really fast speeds towards us we don't know what it is they get on their sensors and they find him is this showa that's showa you're looking for a heisei i know a beautiful heisei uh let me see if i can find him okay so I just want to take a look at that while he's looking that up. Yeah. Back when he said, like, this is the worst one, if they say something is better, there's a robot in this movie. Mulgara. Mulgara. He was originally in... The, the Mysterians. Yeah, the Mysterians. And they, like, say they resalvage Space Cup and Mechagodzilla's parts, and he's, like, better. He is not. He's adorable. <laughs> That's what he looks like in this. Is that not sweet? Look at that. Mulgara is, like, the least intimidating. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah Mogir was actually in a movie called The Mysterians, which was made in to- uh, was a Toho movie in, like, the 60s. Mogira is supposed to be the better version of Mechagodzilla in every way possible. 
and just, just like, like Super X2, X2 he fucking sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in the, the video games, they, they didn't take him seriously either. You know why? Because when they made, he made his debut in the video game, he was in Save the Earth, and he's literally a troll character. He's a troll. <laughs> so, they see Space Godzilla coming to Earth at like pretty much almost light speed. They're like, dude, what is that? They're like, hey, let's send Mogira to go figure it out. They send Mogira in space to go intercept Space Godzilla, and Space Godzilla whoops his ass. Doesn't even try. So they figure out that this monster is a evil clone of Godzilla. And you're probably wondering, how the hell does Godzilla have an evil clone? Well, this movie's so cool, it doesn't give you one explanation on why he exists, but two. So do you remember in Godzilla vs. Biollante, when Biollante's spores flew up into the sky? It's explained that those spores went into space, went into a dark hole, came out in a white hole, mixed with some crystals, and that made Space Godzilla. So Space Godzilla is the crossed breed, is like a mutated version of Godzilla Biollante, which is made up of Godzilla cells, rose cells, and a dead girl, <laughs> came out of a black hole. Now, if you're probably wondering, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, they give you a second option of which one you want to believe. When Mothra flew into space, she had some of Godzilla's cells on her, somehow, and those cells went into a black hole. Both options are very far-fetched. But if you remember, Godzilla was almost erased from time somehow, so I don't know how that went into a black hole, but whatever. I always like to think that Space Godzilla was the biolante was the correct answer. Uh-huh. Because his mouth looks a lot kinda more does. like does. It kind of does. It kind of does like Biolante's mouth. It kind of does. So, Space Godzilla floats down to Earth, flies onto Monster Island, looks at Junior, and Junior, being the dumbass he is, walks up to him and is like, Hey, Dad, what's going on? And Space Godzilla's like, I'm going to kidnap you. <laughs> For reasons that I'm not sure. Uses his telekinesis, because he has telekinesis, to put Junior in like this crystal prison. For some reason, there's, I don't know, understand the crystal part, but he's got crystals. Godzilla shows up, tries to fight Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla whoops his ass. He's got like a shield that can reflect Godzilla's beam back at him, which is pretty cool. Space Godzilla kidnaps Junior, goes to Tokyo, and starts making this crystal fortress. It's like, yeah, this is going to be my planet, bitches. Godzilla and Mogira have to team up to beat him, and Mogira kind of dies halfway through it. You know, he tries his best, doesn't really do much. Godzilla gets most, spends most of the movie getting his butt kicked. They realize that Space Godzilla's getting his powers from the tower. They knock down the tower. Godzilla, Space Godzilla's still got a little bit of power left in him. Godzilla just finally hits the fuck it button, pulls out the red spiral death ray, hits Space Godzilla with it. Movie ends. I would just like to add, Space Godzilla is in that special category with Gigan that, like, all the other kaijus are, like, not implied malicious, but Space Godzilla and Gigan like violence. They enjoy... He's really smart for some reason. He's, like, really intelligent for reasons I'm not sure. He can levitate. He's got telekinesis. He's got a really weird beam. And for some reason, in all of the video games, his movie was, eh, for some reason in the video games, and most of the video game series, he's like the big bad guy. He's like the final boss. And I'm not sure why they chose it to be that way. Because in Save the Earth and Unleashed, he is like the main bad guy. He is the final villain. And I don't understand why they picked him. What I just remember most, like when I first watched this movie, so I was like, wow, Space Godzilla looks really cool. And then I never saw it for like six years until <laughs> Save the Earth came out. 
Now, do you know where Space Godzilla's design came from? No. Really? You don't know? I have it sitting up on the shelf up there. There was a game, a video game, made for the Super Nintendo called Godzilla. Super Godzilla. At the end of the video game, you fight Bagon, which is uh, the king of almost getting into a Godzilla movie monsters. He was in no, no shit like seven scripts to be the bad guy of a Godzilla movie, and he got nixed every single time. He was supposed to see the light of day, but never did. He never saw a role until this video game, and they made a super Godzilla in this video game where you transform and then you fight back on. They looked at that design. They loved it so much that they're like, what if this was a bad guy in a Godzilla movie? So they kind of tweaked it a little bit, and Space Godzilla was born, which is pretty cool. This is my favorite in the series because I love Space Godzilla. I'm a hardcore Space Godzilla fan. I think he's cool. I like what he has. I don't know. I just, he's my favorite. I thought about getting a tattoo of him. Like, I like him that much. I like him. I guess maybe I don't care for it. It's in the bottom three. Okay, that's fair. We're going to do the movie that came out when you guys were born. 95? 95. Evan's favorite movie. Evan, have the floor. I know you want it. This is all you, buddy. So, I just want to set the scene. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. You're tired. But there's one more movie. in the Godzilla Marathon. And you're like, okay. I'll stay up for it. One of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> and right away, the title scene. That fucking title scene, though, right? Like, the other ones were cool. This one was fucking... I, I think it's probably the best one they've ever done. I know the minute that title scene came up, I was like, this is going to be... We got to show him that title screen after yeah, this. Like, that's the most badass Godzilla title screen you've ever seen. So again, I feel like they just copied stuff because, spoiler alert, the monster in this movie a thousand percent just rips off aliens. Uh, the like mouth, the mouth inside the mouth, the xenomorph's house. Yeah, yeah. Destroy has it. Nice. Hold on, hold on. We're going to set the scene here. Keep going. Is pretty much in the original, the oxygen destroyer. Which killed the original Godzilla. Mutates ancient species of like lobster slash crab critters. That were small. Yeah, that form. Taylor's brought some props out. <laughs> so really, because, because I don't think he's really sat down to watch this movie. I'm trying to, like, give a visual. This is called play therapy? Yeah. Psychology is actually play therapy. It might, like, mutates these creatures. And all of a sudden, like, this research lab starts having all these issues. And stuff is, like, corroding and just destroying away. And they get bigger and, like, join until they're what, probably about the size of a car, almost. They kind of ripped off Hedora, too. Like, they kind of did because... My favorite? Yeah, they kind of did because just like that, this monster, who I'll let you say the name of in a minute because it's so cool. Just like in that movie, Hedora, there are multiple Hedoras and they end up joining to make a, a bigger, stronger monster. And this this particular monster also does that. So while that's going on, Godzilla Jr., what they call him in this movie, Baby Godzilla, has grown to be kind of like an adolescent, you would say. I think he's in his teenage phase at this point. So he's going around, but there's a big problem. Godzilla has become so powerful that his heart, which is a nuclear reactor, is actually beginning to melt down. So he's getting these huge red splotches on his chest and like all over his body because like his body can't contain the heat. This is cool. So that's what he looks, looks like in the like, movie. Um, Batra a little bit with the coloring. Yeah. A little bit. So pretty much they are doing everything they can to cool Godzilla down. Because if he goes nuclear, he kills everyone. The yeah, the planet, planet blows up if his heart explodes. So they create 
God, is it the X3? It is the X3. So it's flying around shooting ice missiles. They're trying to cool Godzilla off. While they're doing that, the army's dealing with the kaiju, which are about the size of cars. And it almost gets like an aliens vibe when they're like fighting in the street. Yeah, because this form, which is pretty similar, if you can see, he's got a mouth within a mouth. Just like the aliens do. What would you like? I don't even. Looks I, like a scorpion. I've never seen anything that looks like him. It's almost like a scorpion and a crab. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of spider. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're going around, just kind of destroying stuff. Sorry, you go ahead. I know. I know. This is your movie, man. I know this is yours. So they bring Junior to Tokyo about that same time. The crab versions of Destroyer <laughs> merge together into like a flying version, kind of like Hedorah. Like he, he's he's that- really similar to Hedorah now that we're sitting and thinking about it. He has a flying form. I don't have that figurine. Um, he has a flying form that's kind of similar to this, and him and Junior get into it. So Junior fights the form, wins. Almost. What? But he barely scrapes by. He does, but he he does win. He does win. The other that that version of Desutroya, and that is his name by the way. Desutroya, uh, not destroy, er, destroy, uh, Desutroya. Dude, Destroya fucks him up. Like Junior wins, Junior wins, but that version of Destroya fucks him up. He uses his second mouth to literally puncture a hole in his chest, and he starts bleeding and like foaming at the mouth. And literally almost kills him. And somehow Junior pulls through and beats him. So it's a really cool scene. He blasts him in like this chemical plant. It erupts in fire. Lightning comes down. Like it looks like death blow. So while that happens, Godzilla's inching closer and closer to Tokyo. And I'm sorry, you can tell me whatever you want, but this is the coolest scene of any like. <laughs> this is probably one of the best villain scenes when he like goes final form. This. <laughs> when that fucking building erupts into flames and that musical score is played like that, like, I, I can't even describe the musical score. He's when, got two sets of wings. He does. He does have two sets of wings. It, he's, it's literally just like the end of the world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I think somebody was watching a review and somebody's like, he looks like the goddamn devil. <laughs> I mean, honestly, kind of I mean, it's what he is. Like, Dude, like, but you, Hannah's got to see the musical score when he erupts from the flames of, like, the, the chemical plant. He that, stands like, up and his wings spread out and it's just fire everywhere. Ooh. So he comes out and... I mean, it's truly, like, the final boss. Like, he is badass. And uh, he takes his tail, which has kind of... You've seen an earwig? Yeah. It kind of looks like an earwig. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like an earwig yeah, tail. Right? That little pincher. Uh, and he grabs... Junior. Junior by the throat, drags him across the city, picks him up, flies him wide the eye, and drops him. And drops Junior, falls into a building, which is one of the saddest scenes. When you say Junior, do you mean Minya? Yeah, Minya. Remember, he's a teenager right now. Remember, he's got a giant gaping hole in his chest from fighting him earlier. Not even in his full form. Not even in his full form, right? He drops Junior, like, really high up. Junior hit, and, like, the sound of, like, Junior screaming right before he hits the building. Drops him on the building. Destroya has what is called the... He's made of micro-oxygen, not just whatever. His micro-oxygen breath, whatever it is. It's like a purple beam of, like, pure micro-oxygen. Blasts Junior. And, Evan, what happened to Junior? He's fatally wounded. No, he's dead. That's what... Fatally. Oh, sorry. No, well, no. He... Well, Evan, he didn't die. He's dead. (laughs) So, he... 
he dies. Well, there's a sad scene where the psychic girl that had that connection with him, like, runs up right before he dies, and he's, like, slowly breathing. And she's like, no, don't die. And he, like, closes his eyes and, like, falls. And he dies right in front of her. So Godzilla shows up, and to destroy his credit, takes three hits from the viral death ray. Well, hold on. Remember, Godzilla mourns. Yeah. Which is the first time you ever see it. Like, Godzilla, like, like deep emotion. Yeah, he actually shows like emotion. Like he's like standing over Junior's dead body and is like mourning his loss. He's like, oh my god, my son's dead. Fucking destroyer flies back down and just like Space Godzilla, he's fucking evil. Like he thought it was funny. He's like laughing at Godzilla. And that Godzilla's breath is one of the strongest because it's actually not like the most powerful, but it's the hottest. I think it ever gets. How hot is it? Isn't it like 3,000 3, Celsius or something? It's, it's like ridiculously hot. Godzilla was like, I've had enough of this shit. And like turns around and hits Destroya with the red spiral ray three times. And Destroya doesn't go down. Yeah. Mm. And in the most ironic scene, the military actually does something. Oh, oh, oh. We got to get there. Hold on. Talk about Destroya's powers. Okay, so his main power is the micro-oxygen ray. There's a purple beam. Basically destroys whatever it hits and corrodes it and just yeah. it goes away. His horn top of his head, he shoots like a laser katana. Cut that stuff. literally can cut anything. Damn. Um, Plus he can like shift into like all his other forms. Yeah. And like swarm you. He just like. The, remember like when he, he uses the katana on Godzilla and literally like slices his skin up? He really chops him up. And he also can fly. He also can control. He's got really good mobility of his tail. This is like. Again, like the final boss fight because Godzilla and Destroyer are having this like really emotional fight. Like, and Godzilla does start to make Destroyer bleed because do you see this thing on his chest right here? It looks For good. some reason, that's his weak point. Godzilla figures out how to open it and starts punching it. And this is probably the most disgusting scene in the entire thing. Godzilla starts punching it and Destroyer finally shows like pain and he starts like vomiting blood when he it's starts like punching. Green pus. Yeah, he's like, he's he's vomiting blood. But Godzilla really doesn't win this fight. Like, he puts up a good fight, but I don't think he really wins. There really wasn't a winner crowned because the military steps in before there really was a winner. And for the one and only time, Destroyer just happens to be weak to ice. And the ice ray, like, freezes him and he collides in the ground and just collides into pieces. The The military took out a monster. The well, they military, actually they actually did something. They're the ones that take out Destroya, not Godzilla. Let's preface what we mean. The military in these Godzilla movies, they usually, like, always fail. They're the ones that literally shoot missiles and nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that keep throwing him in the ocean going, he's finally defeated. Right. <laughs> so we're talking about just the Godzilla movies, not real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you really don't even get a moment to think about it. Because immediately after, Godzilla goes into meltdown. Yeah. So... After that fight, I think it really pushed Godzilla to his limits in that fight, and he starts to melt down. And his spines literally start, start melting. melting. So, mm-hmm. I want to point, like, how impactful this next scene is. Did you know, and keep in mind, these movies were not coming out in America. Americans could not watch them when they were coming out in 1995, right? So, Godzilla dying was so crazy that it actually made the news in America. Wow. Yeah, even like news, like Fox News actually made a report about it. And they're like, Godzilla's doing his final thing. They were doing this, this big dedication to him. And you, th- these movies weren't even coming out. <laughs> but it was, that, it was that cool. Like, everybody was like, wow, Godzilla's finally dying. So he like melts down. They're like shooting ice rockets. And it cooled down enough that he still dies. But his essence sort of goes back into Junior. So 
Talk about the scene where he's like, is actually dying. The CGI, and you know how bad the CGI is in these movies. It can be bad. It's okay. They actually did a good job in this scene where he's melting and literally his skin is falling off. And you can see like the bones underneath. Mm. And it's starting to melt. And it's really sad. He's like, you can hear him like slowly kind of dying. His skeleton just kind of evaporates, but his spirit's kind of there. And it just kind of like floats over. And goes into Junior, right? And all all the smoke clears, and Junior's standing there fully grown, and Junior kind of carries on his legacy. And then the movie ends. And that's the end. That's the end. And the credits are really good, too. These are some of the best credits they've ever done, because the credits are the Godzilla theme playing over all of the other, like, stock footage from his best movies, from all of them. I gotta say, out of all the ones we've discussed, this one sounds like it's got the best plot. It it, it actually is, probably is the best one. Like I like Space Godzilla; he's probably my favorite monster. But I liked how they tried to, and this this was their planned. This is how they were going to end the series. They weren't going to do anymore, and it was kind of fitting that the monster that killed the first one in the first movie is created by the weapon that they used and is the last one he was supposed to fight and destroyer deserves a lot of credit because destroyer not only in the movies is a badass but in the video games he's a badass he's probably one of the strongest in every single video game it's probably because of that katana yeah dude i just i couldn't even 4 a.m in the morning i'm like oh my god that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> i mean it really is that's how you end it that is how you end a series it was that good it just it's 10 out of 10 it's my favorite one it's good it's, it's, it is amazing. And then, of course, the next one is just... Now, this one is not in the Heisei series. It actually has nothing to do with the Heisei series. But when are we ever going to talk about it? Like, we have to talk about this movie. So, 1993 rolls around. Jurassic Park hits the scene and literally impacts a whole, like, a whole bunch of movies. Like, it was just that good. You know what I mean? It is. Jurassic Park is an amazing movie. And I'm reading the novel right now, and it is phenomenal. Really good novel. Seriously recommend it. Now, you're probably wondering, why am I mentoring Jurassic Park? Well, Jurassic Park had a really big impact on this movie. And it really shows. Really shows. In a terrible way. In a terrible way. So, TriStar, the movie company, decided in 1993 that they were going to try to acquire the rights to a Godzilla movie. Went to Toho. Got their approval. Shocking. Somehow. I don't know how they did it, but they got their approval. The next few years of this movie's production is awful. Like, they had so many setbacks. They couldn't figure out what to do. And they have a deadline, you know, because, you know, they only got the rights to the movie for seven years. I think it ran out in, like, 2000, I think. Now, they keep doing all this. They pull all these people, yada, yada, yada. Well, they pull these three people in to do the movie. Three people. It's one of the guys named Tatopoulos. He's the guy that did the designs for the movie. He's the one that created the design of the two people that directed the movie. Dean Devlin, and I don't remember the other guy's name. Mullen Emmerich. Mullen and Dean Devlin. You're probably wondering, who are these guys? These are the guys that made Stargate in 1993. And these are the guys that made Independence Day. Why does that matter? Because they fucking suck. (laughs) (laughs) Here is, I have my four reasons why this movie failed. Reason number one. Before we go into it, you have to understand, they marketed this movie. Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, I'm getting to that. Well, can I specify? You mentioned 93, which was when Jurassic Park came out, but this yes. movie didn't come out until 98, correct? Yes. Okay. Remember how I said this movie had a lot of problems? Yeah. It was the writing. So they couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. Originally, they wanted to have a somewhat decent movie. The original script wasn't bad. If they had put this movie out, I think a lot of people would have been a lot more happy. Godzilla being 
just doing Godzilla things, fighting a a monster called the Griffin. Was supposed to happen. Movie ends. Godzilla, they don't defeat him. He just kind of swims off. That was supposed to happen. Some things happened. They couldn't do it. Well, Dean Devlin and what's-his-face, Ron Emmerich, come in, and they throw that script in the trash, and they say, that's not good. That's garbage. They wanted to make a modern Godzilla realistic take. They had no respect for anything that had came before. They didn't want to do anything like that. So they took inspiration from Jurassic Park. Well, that doesn't make any sense because how many films have been in the Godzilla series at this point in time? I don't know what they were doing, but they were like, yeah, we don't we don't want to make a movie. We don't want to make a movie that honors Toho and everything that Japan went through. We don't want to do that. You know why? Because that's not fun. We want to make we want to we want to make a movie what we want to see. So, they make the script they literally make a mold of what they want Godzilla to look like. They take it to Toho. They show Toho, and they're shocked on what it looks like. They're like, that doesn't look like him. And it doesn't. But despite Toho's reservations, like they should have done and just said, fuck no. But they decided, you know what? Just go for it. Because they knew it was going to suck. Now, there is one thing that Dean Devlin and What's-His-Face did know how to do when it came to this movie. And that's what we were talking about. Marketing. That is the only thing they were good at. They marketed the hell out of this movie like it was the next blockbuster. And I'll give them credit. What they were doing was genius. Because even Taco Bell promoted Even ta- Everything was taught was promoting this movie. It was genius. If you wanted to see what Godzilla looked like in this movie, had to go see it. They didn't really show you what he and looked like. A bunch of stuff like the sounds like his foot's bigger than... So they did the genius thing of describing what Godzilla looked like. His And buses would go by and say his foot is bigger than this bus. Or there would be a sign that would say his head is bigger than this sign. And it worked. Because everybody wanted to go see what it what he looked like. And I'll give them credit. That's pretty good marketing. I'll give them that. That's good. Plot of this movie. Reason number two this movie failed. They shift all of the tones of the Godzilla. They just take it all away. Godzilla was supposed to be a... What's the word I'm looking for here? Metaphor. Metaphor for nuclear weapons on Japan. The only country to this date that has ever experience what it's like to get hit with nuclear weapons. That's why it was so impactful. First few minutes of this movie, they flat out say, they take the Americans out as the bad guys. We didn't drop the bombs. The reason that this Godzilla exists is because France dropped nuclear bombs on some islands and it mutated an iguana. First of all, Godzilla's not an iguana. He's a dinosaur that got mutated. Number two... If you take away that the, the Americans were the bad guys and you just push it off to some other country, that just takes it away. I don't understand why they didn't have the Americans be the bad guys. Because Americans can't be the bad guys. So they, they just push the blame off to France, right? All these ships start to disappear. They can't figure out what it is. They go and get Matthew Broderick. I'm not a fan of Matthew Broderick. I'm not. To go and study some foot samples that they found, they go back to New York and Godzilla shows up in New York. And is somehow e- easily able to hide in a city with three million people in it. He just disappears. It is so comical <laughs> in this movie how many times the military's like finding him and he just ghosts them. Yeah, he just he just disappears. I like there's a scene where Matthew Broderick is like, it's perfect for him to hide. Water on all three sides, lots of building. Well, I can see why it's perfect for him to hide. There's three million people in this goddamn city. You can't, you can't tell me you can't find a giant dinosaur running around. And that's what he looks like—a dinosaur, not Godzilla. So, like a dinosaur. 
It's not. Dude, I like the Cloverfield monster look better than this. Evan, what do you think about the design? Help me out here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't look like him. Like, it's too small. I understand, like, I think they wanted him to move and be, like, more action-y for an American audience. Yeah. And so if you're having something move that much, it probably can't be a practical effect. Mm-hmm. But all oh, the CGI. Oh, the CGI's bad. <laughs> oh, anyway. Gosh, it's awful. <laughs> Reason number three this movie failed. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Dude, he has this weird love triangle with this girl. It's literally stupid. That Like, it, it literally doesn't make sense. Oh, it really doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. And reason number four why this movie failed. And this is the the biggest sin to me. They wanted to do a realistic approach to Godzilla. They wanted to take realism and bring it to something that literally cannot have realism. I understand if you want to make a realistic movie. I totally get that. But there are certain things in this world that you cannot do that with. Spider-Man, for example. You can't make a realistic Spider-Man movie. Because Spider-Man's powers and everything about him is not realistic. Same thing with Godzilla. You can't take a realistic approach to that. Because it doesn't make sense. So in this movie, Godzilla cannot breathe fire. He's not indestructible. He's pretty much just a giant dinosaur. That's pretty much it. I'll just break down what I don't like about this movie. First thing I don't like, or I think that really hurts this movie, is there are... Zero likable characters. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I, I personally don't have anything wrong with Broderick's character. It's just he's not likable. Like he's annoying. It's not that he's annoying. It's just like he's like a bystander. No significance. His girlfriend is a terrible human being. It's kind of implied that she just like dumped him. Shows up. Is like. <laughs> like <laughs> I know that, like, things ended badly, but, like, you can't blame me for that. <laughs> she does. Like, literally, like, she's the reason they broke up. She, like, gaslights him. Yeah. And then steals his work and puts it on the news and jeopardizes his entire career. She's a terrible character. And then has the nerve to say I'm not the bad guy? Yeah, so... That there's just no likable characters. Two, the action scenes don't fit with the tone of the movie. It's like the movie can't decide whether it wants to be a horror or an action movie. Three, the whole third act is Jurassic Park Raptor edition. Yep. Which would have been fine, but Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park 2 did it better. So unless you're going to do it better than they did, there's no point putting it in. Godzilla has babies. Lays babies and... Madison Square Garden, and they hatch, and they're like, they're raptors. That, that's what they are. They're like baby raptors, is essentially what happens. So that, and then I think the ultimate sin of this movie is Godzilla dying to the rockets. If you have a god, he can't be killed by mortal hands. And that just sucks all the life and the majesty out of the movie because your monster dies. It's not even the finale, really, that he dies. The finale's with the raptors. That's the part that just kills this movie for me. This, this movie, movie did, did not, not do well, well. and Dean Devlin was like, it's not my fault. Well, they hyped it up so much. No, he literally, like, said, it's not my fault that this movie sucked. It's your guys' fault for not realizing that it's amazing. Literally, that's what he said. Wow. He didn't honor the character. On the bright side, they did such a shitty job that the foreshadowing came back. Mm-hmm. And Toho was like, 
Well, we were going to let our character rest, but that's a really shitty taste in our mouth. So, we're going to remake the minute. Millennium Series. Mm-hmm. And final thing I will end with, this movie sucked so bad, and Toho, not Toho, Tristar didn't want the rights to that character. So, Toho bought the rights to that Godzilla for, like, dirt cheap. <laughs> I don't remember how much it was. It was dirt cheap. Change. Huh? I need to save it for the Millennium Series. I just want to tell them they, they, did, buy, they, they did, did buy the rights. So he'll return. He, he does return. Millennium they series. did buy the rights to that character that they changed the name to. Yikes. And that's how 1998 is the biggest sin. Overall, I wouldn't hate it if they had changed the name to something else. If it was just a standalone monster movie, I really wouldn't give like a shit. Like Cloverfield. Like Cloverfield. I would still hate it. Like, I really wouldn't give a shit. It would just be like an average monster movie, but it was the fact that they put Godzilla on it, and it's just, that's not what it is. You know what I mean? Just how, like, Jeepers Creepers 4, it has the word Jeepers Creepers in it, but is it a Jeepers Creepers movie? Did the did the character do anything like it did in the other movies? Did it still have that, that creeper feel? For me, no. That's how this movie is. Yeah. That's how this movie At least is. the Creepers Creepers Reborn, the storyline and the aspects of the Creeper correlate with the original Creeper. It sounds to me like the Godzilla 1998 was just kind of like they didn't even, well, you even said it, they didn't care about tying in the previous films or basing it off what we've seen from Godzilla so far. At least the Jeepers Creepers Reborn, they did go off of that. But, yeah, he, it was not good. Okay. Overall, this movie gets the official, uh, Weird side, thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down, baby. It's a thumbs double down. down. It's double a double down. down. Yeah. It's a double brown down. <laughs> well, that was fun, guys. Uh, we will be back with part three at some point in the future. You want to take it out with me, baby? And as always, I'm Hannah. And I'm Taylor. And together we are Weird, Weird Side, side Podcast. Podcast.